0: Blog Talk Radio. Well, bless the Lord, everybody. Bless the Lord. This is Pastor Winfred Burns, and you are now live with the Word on Wednesday. We bless God for you tonight, and we we are excited about this series, the crisis in Corinth. Uh, we have um, we have a very important chapter to go through tonight. Last week, we went through chapter 12, and last week, we discussed the gifts, the purpose of the gifts, the source of the gifts, and we found out that all of the gifts come from God, and that he gives each of us gifts as it pleases him, that it was necessary to have diversity in the gifts, and the And all of the gifts are for the common good. They are for the building of the body. So every gift that is in your church, every gift within your congregation, they are for all of us. And there's no big gifts or little gifts, but instead all of the gifts function together. There's no independence. There's no long ranges in the church. We all need each other Because God has deposited something in each of us, in each of us, that's necessary for all of us. And so tonight we want to continue along that way. With us. You put up with us. We think we know everything sometimes. Sometimes we, we act like you're not even there, like you're not the source of our being. We get big-headed and we oftentimes forget about you and all that you do. But if it wasn't for you, God, where will we be? Thank you for taking us out of chaos and bringing us into order. Thank you for bringing us from death into life. God, we bless you and we praise you. You are our God. You are our King. You are our Lord. You are our Savior. You are our You are We bless you, O God. We praise you, O God. Father, our request tonight is that you would once again lead us into your word. That you would reveal yourself through your word and by your spirit. And that, God, that you would. Help us to do what's pleasing in your sight. After you've taught us, we thank you in Jesus' name. Okay. So what we want to do is we want to turn to the last. Um, want to go back to First Corinthians. There's a lot that I could say, but if you've been following along, you remember that these folks are in the middle of an argument, and they, and that these, they're diverse people, and they are new to Christianity. And because of where they come from, their various opinions, the many stations in life that they have, there is chaos. And now Paul is moving through um these passages, these questions of spirituality. Last week again, we talked about the spiritual gifts, and, and the question was um tongue, do, do tongues make you more spiritual? And we 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 talked about that last week. And because they are all caught up in these in the charismatic gifts. And it's similar to some of the things that we experience today, because sometimes when when we see a manifestation of the spirit, More excellent way, and that's what we want to pick up tonight, because chapter 12, chapter thirteen, and most most if you've been around church any length of time, you know 1 Corinthians chapter thirteen as the love chapter, and sometimes we take and we disconnect that, and we we spend our time talking about this this thing called love, and. We use it at, at weddings, and and we use it when we want to 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 uh, sound eloquent because it's a it's a wonderful piece of prose. It is just wonderful, but it is connected to Chapter Twelve, and it precedes Chapter Fourteen because what he's going to do in Chapter Thirteen is he's going to set up. Chapter fourteen, and he finishes off chapter twelve. So it's a connector, and I want you to see it that way because sometimes we take and lift out um, chapter thirteen and we think, oh, this just goes all by itself. No, it's a part of. So with that said, let's go. I'm going to go. I'm going to begin reading the B portion of chapter twelve, verse thirty-one and I am reading from the English Standard Version. And it says, And I will show you a still, more excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, And if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Look at what he says here. He says, look at what he says, if I speak in tongues, If I have prophetic powers, if I understand all mysteries and knowledge, if I have all faith, if I give away everything I have, if I even give up my body to be burned, then I have not not loved. What Paul is saying here is that it's not Having the gift It's how you operate in your gift. Or more importantly, what is operating within you as the gift is manifested. Now think about that for a second. It's not the administration or the manifestation of the gift. It is what is operating within you as the gift is manifesting. You see, you can speak in tongues all you want, but if you are, if you're just mean and hateful and angry and selfish, don't nobody want to hear that. You could be the greatest prophet in the world. You can have a word, a word, I mean, a great preacher. You can, I mean, put together sermons and and be very, very eloquent in your presentation. You can be dynamic. But if you are not operating in love, don't nobody want to hear that. You can lay the meanest hand in the world. I mean, lay hands on folks and be, people are slain in the spirit left and right. But if you're not operating in love, you know, I'm I'm kind of funny. I really am. Because if I don't, if there's, if if you don't come correct with me, I I don't even want to be around you. I don't even want you to Touch me. I don't want to take nothing from you. I don't, I could be hungry, and if I know that you're a mean spirited person, I'm not eating. No, I I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And you might say, well, now, now that, 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 that's not right. Yes, you know it's this. The problem that we have in our churches today is that. We have all of these gifts, and we have all of these gifted people, but we're not operating in love. Now, now think about this love, because the word that they use here in this text is agape. And what it is, it is the commitment that God has towards his people. It is the Affection, the commitment that God has. So what He's talking about is the godly love. It is the evidence of God operating in your life. So, so if you are, if, if you're speaking in tongues and there's no evidence that God is in this thing, I do hear that. If you, if you, if you're ministering and 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 God is not in it, don't nobody want that. Do you see how I'm going with this? And so when he, after he's gone through the necessity of it, now he's saying it is necessary for you to show the moral qualities of God in the operation of your gifts. Otherwise, he ain't done nothing. In other words, you're just a zero. Does that make sense? I mean, think about it for a second. Somebody slap a plate of food in front of you and say, here, do you want that? No. No, 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 no. And that is essentially what he's saying. You know, love is is the self-sacrificing qualities of God as evidenced in Jesus is what we are of And beat up and empty as when I minister. After sermon Characteristics of love. If you want to know, and this 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 little passage um, uh, that begins at verse four will tell you the character of love. And if you're smart, if you're smart, you can begin to wait. You can begin to just examine yourself, examine what you are doing when you are ministering, and it will tell you whether you are a zero. Whether you're, you're nothing, whether what you why you're ineffective in your ministry, and I have spent I a lot of time today, I spent a lot of time today examining my ministry to see. Wait a minute, hold it. Am I really being effective, or is this, um, or or am I just wasting my time? Here, verse four. Love is patient and kind. Qualities of love. First, it says, love is patient and is kind. I think in King James Version, it says, love is long-suffering. Love suffers long. What does that mean? Love does not respond or react to a wrong done to it, but instead responds in kind. So if you do something to me, and I'm and I'm operating in love. If you if if you, you come at me the wrong way, and I'm operating in love, I don't retaliate. But instead, I'm patient with you, and I'm understanding with you. And I, 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 and, and instead of me saying, you know, I'm gonna get that joke off me right now. Cause I'm tired of him. I say, no, God is working on it. I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna pray for him and I'm going to, instead of giving him what he gave me, I'm going to give him kindness. I'm going to be kind to them. Now, I've I've, I've got a situation that I'm working on right now where I'm watching something that has irritated me. It's really irritated me because God allows me to see things even while they're happening and sometimes before they're happening. And he allows me to see the hand of, the, of Satan at work. And when I saw Satan's hand working and operating against me through an individual or actually a group of individuals, my first thought was, well, I can get them. I know exactly what to do to them. I know exactly how to get them up off of me and expose them for the charlatans that they are. And I began to devise a way to do it, too, because You know, I'm smart like that. But then God began to speak, and he said, did I tell you to do that? Is that the way that I want things done? Because there was going to be some deviousness in this thing. Yes, it was. And what was coming out of me, I was beginning to operate out of my flesh rather than yielding to the Spirit of God. And so I had to stop, and I had to repent. And then I had to fight. Then I had to fight, because the fight was not against those individuals. That wasn't the fight that I was supposed to be fighting. I had to resist the devil. And so that's where that patience and kindness comes in. I've got to be patient and trust God to work that situation out. And in the meantime, even though I know that Satan is using individuals against me, Bless them that curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. You you have to feed your enemy sometimes. And that's what he's directing me to do. Love does not envy or boast. In other words, uh, love is not jealous. Love does not spend time... Being boastful and bragging, and I'm Mister This and I'm so bad and I'm all of this. No, that's not that's not love. That that, that, love is not a a thing, an activity of God that puts you down. The character of God is not to be boastful. God doesn't go around bragging about who he is. He just is. You don't have to brag. You know, If you child of God, never have to brag. Never have to worry about or desire something that is not yours. Because the earth is the Lord's. And anything that He has for you is for you. And you can have whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. He's not arrogant or rude. He's not arrogant or rude. I don't even have to go any farther than that. It does not insist on its own way. Let that sink in for a second. You always got to have your way. Always. If it if it don't go your way, you got to attitude. To. That's not God. That's not a God. That's you. That's a manifestation of the flesh. Does not. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. So when God finally moves in on the scene and he allows those individuals to get caught in their mess, and they get their comeuppance for the things that they've done, they begin to reap for what they sowed. You ain't sitting around saying, about time. I knew God was going to get them and clapping your hands and all excited because they finally got what they had coming. No, says weep with those who weep. You see that when a person is caught in their sin, when a person is caught in their sin, that's when they're most vulnerable to ministry. One of the things that we do in the household of faith is that when we see a person that's down, when we see a person that's under judgment, when we see a person who is being disciplined by God, we kick them. We kick them. And oftentimes, we turn them. You know, Paul talks about turning somebody over to the devil. We turn more people over to the devil then we turn over to God. And when a person is hurting, that's when, oh, they're so vulnerable to ministry. They're so needful of the love of the saints. They need people to gather around them. You know, I've seen young girls who um, get pregnant out of a wedlock. I've seen the church just run them out. And the main people that ran them out, if you go back and you check birth certificates of their kids, You'll find some stuff there. But yet, now that they've gotten past that and that that's covered up, they want to go and they want to run these young girls out. Well, I see. I I remember a situation where a young boy got caught in a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. And he was rather prominent within the church. He was one of the up and coming young men. That boy got, uh, the week before, he got in trouble. Everybody was celebrating him and patting him on his back and you know and then crowding around him then he got in trouble and when nobody was sitting next to him in church. I still remember seeing that kid with his head hanging down. And I still and I told my wife, even though I was you know, I, I was supposed to be in the pulpit, I said, I ain't going up there today. I'm going down, I'm going to sit with him. And I brought that young kid next to me and I set that kid next to me, I said, You sit with me for now. I saw another, another instance at another church that I was at where a young lady who had gotten herself in a lot of trouble, and she was in ministry, as a matter of fact, and everybody began to shun her, and I went to that little girl, and I said, you come sit with me. I will identify with you. I ain't shame with you. You was my sister yesterday. You are my sister today, and then I wound up going to the pastor, and I said, hey, how long are you going to keep that girl in purgatory? How long are you going to treat her like that, like she ain't nobody? How, how, how long is a punishment? How, since when do we have the right to punish people? If we if, if God treated us like we treated some folks, you know what? Let well, none of us be here. But God says, mercy. Show, if you want to show me, show some mercy. Yeah, there's some discipline necessary. But discipline ain't always beating a person down or or dragging them through the mud or parading their sin in front of the whole church. That's not discipline. That's that's I don't that's just that's just wrong, that's what that is. Anyway, it says, Love bears all things. That's what I was just alluding to. Love bears all things. Love carries. Love stands up. Love stands up to the test. So when it's challenged, when, when sin challenged God, God figured it out. God had a plan to deal with man's sin. And what was his plan? He says, I will send my son to pay for the sin. I will sacrifice for my children. If you really love, then you sacrifice. You sacrifice. Keep going. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Now, this is this is a good part right here. Okay. This is a good part. Paul is going to say in these next verses. The gifts are temporary. Love is permanent. That's what these next verses say. The gifts are temporary. They are for now. They are for edifying the church. But love is forever. Listen to this. Love never ends. Actual prophecies, and I'm at verse 8, by the way. Actual prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. So all of the things that the Corinthians valued, all of the gifts that they were were so bound to, that they were so enamored with, Paul says to them, they for right now, but soon they will be gone. When they have fulfilled their purpose, Within the body of Christ, when Jesus comes again and brings his glorious bride with him, or takes his glorious bride out of this world, all of these things will no longer be necessary. They will pass away. It says, for we know in part, I'm at verse 9, Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. What he's saying here is that when the gifts that we have now, we know about them and we know about how they operate, but they do not bring us to perfection. They are for perfection but they do not bring us to perfection. And when we talk about perfection here, what we're talking about is completeness, wholeness. That's what, in in this context, when we talk about perfect, we're talking about completeness. They don't make us complete. They build us up, but it does not make us complete. And the way we, we operate in the gifts and, the, the, and getting the things that we need, we need. What's happening here is that God is raising us. Now, what you used to do, the way you used to act, because you didn't know, now you know. So now that you've grown, act like you are grown. Now that you're mature, act like you're mature. Now that you know that the gifts that you have are to be operated in love, then operate in love with them. That's, 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 that's basically what this passage is saying. He says, And one day, even right now, you'll be holding an image in a mirror, but ain't nothing like seeing them face to face, and one day, we will see God face to face. Our interaction with the Spirit right now is based upon the revelation that we have from afar, but soon, soon, we'll be. Up close, and we no longer have to look and see it in a mirror. We will see God for ourselves. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three. But the greatest of these is love. Yeah, we need faith. Faith allows us to trust in God. We need hope. Hope points us towards our future. And keeps us moving. We need love because love helps us to operate in the gifts. And not only that, love helps us to show the world God himself. But faith, we won't need that when Jesus gets here. Hope, we won't need that when Jesus gets here. But love, oh yeah, we'll always need love. God is love. I pray tonight that you have, as you read this chapter, that you'll now read it and reread it again in the context of the operation of the gifts. Read it from that perspective and see what God says to you that you have the collective experience of studying this with us tonight. But I believe that God wants to say something to you, the individual. I really believe that. Because I know that God wants to speak to you, and because I know that, that, that there's some things that he wants to show you about the operation of your gift, and in some instances, he wants to reveal to you the gift that he has that's been lying dormant within you because you deny the fact or that you don't know how to operate it or whatever. But what I want you to do is I want you to reread. As a matter of fact, why don't you reread chapter 12 and chapter 13 and look at it from the context in which it was just taught. Look at it from that perspective, and as you look at it, then I want you to ask God, Lord, this gift that you gave, what is it? This gift that, 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 that I have, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Well, if you know the gift and you've been operating in the gift, have I been a blessing with this gift? Or am I just using this gift to serve myself? Do I Is my gift just give me status within the body? Or... Is the gift that you have given me being utilized properly in love? Am I a zero or am I really being used to edify the body? That's right. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come, that we come searching you've given us gifts. Sometimes, God, we haven't used them to your glory. But instead, we use them to glorify ourselves. We repent of that right now. God, sometimes we haven't served the body in love. But instead, Father, you've served We just kind of build something out of them because we get it. We repent of that right now. Father, search us. Search our hearts tonight. Search our minds. Search our spirit. And if this, if we're abusing and misusing that which you've given us and not serving the body properly, we pray your forgiveness and we ask for your correction. Father, we don't want to waste what you've given us. Nor do we want to walk around serving up polluted gifts. Help us, O oh God, purify us. Make us the servants that you have called. Jesus' name, amen. You know, just very, very quickly, and I'm, I'm done for the night. If you've got a, a, um, a question, you can call me at 929-477-2304, or uh, I can barely, I can barely see this screen tonight. I can barely see it. You know, I've got this new studio set up, and I've actually um, got some cameras running in the background, because it's... You know, we're doing a, a big project anyway. Um, but if you've got a question, you put it up there. I lean forward real close and I'll answer your question tonight. If not, um, let me just say this. Let me show you what a polluted gift, gift looks like. Several years ago, my wife and I had planted a church down in uh, the Cincinnati area. And one, of, one Christmas, we uh, were doing a food giveaway. We had decided that we would go out and find families who uh, were in need of assistance, and we would pick them food baskets. And a lot of preparation went into it because I've got some standards that I've learned. That, uh, first of all, my standards are I'm not going to give somebody something that I would need. Secondly, I'm going to give them what I really can do So we packed up these wonderful, wonderful baskets. I mean, they didn't have no, they didn't have no garbage in there. They had good stuff in there. I mean, we're talking turkeys, uh, the whole nine yards. So we went out and split up in groups. I'll never forget, my wife and I, we went out into a pool, uh, an area that on the surface it looked like it was well-to-do, but as we got up in there, we found out those people. And so we went in, and in particular, there were some places that I didn't want my wife to go up in, and i tell her, you know, you be here, let me go ahead, and she was like, no, I'm going to. So... We went into a lot of very bad places, and they were terrible looking. We went into one house; I'll never forget this house. Uh, we went in, and we the lady wanted us to put it in her kitchen and over the floor of the uh, of the kitchen, and, and oh, it was just terrible. It was just terrible. And so we got done with it. We gave away all of, uh, delivered all the food baskets. And we were on our way back to the church to meet up with the other groups. And on the way back, you know, we were feeling good about ourselves because we had really done some ministry that really helped some people. And the Lord spoke to me. And he said, Oh, so you you think it'll be something? And I was like, Well God. We, do. we fed the poor. that's what we're supposed to do. And he asked me a question. He said, um, okay, you gave me some food. Now, would you be willing to go back and eat with them? And I remembered the places that we had been and the conditions of their houses. And I specifically remember that lady that had all of that that, feces and stuff on her floor and how nasty that place was. And I was like, no. And then the Holy Spirit spoke and said, Then you have not done it? And right then and there, I was embarrassed. Because I was treating those people like you treat an animal in a zoo. I was willing to throw them some food, but I wasn't willing to sit down with them in there and right where they were and fellowship with them. So I didn't really love them. I was just trying to, you know, check off one of the boxes on the things to do. God so wants us to better than that. So now, no matter where you are, no matter what it is, I know that uh, wherever you are, if I'm coming there, I got to come all the way. And I got to be willing. That's what I learned. To sacrifice. To sacrifice everything. And to be willing to get down in the muck and the mire. Just like God did for us. Well, hey, I had to get that in because that, that left a profoundly impact on my life, and I'm sure that you've got some stories that you could tell. But I'm gonna, we're gonna call it a night. Uh, next week we'll get into chapter 14, and hopefully I'll shake shaken this cold. And once we get through these gifts, I'll probably start feeling a lot better because Satan is determined that we won't tell teach these gifts, and I'm every bit as determined that we will teach you these gifts that the purpose of our gifts, and we'll continue on Chapter 14 next week. So I pray that you've had a wonderful, wonderful night. This has been Pastor Winfrey Burns, and I've been live with the no Word all Wednesday. See you next week.